Okay, so I was in um, Virginia this past week at a hotel, and every time I uh, stay at a hotel when I leave, I leave a note to a service who's ever gonna uh, clean up the room. I've been doing this for uh, 30 years or something. I, I don't even remember. But I leave a, a note, and it's usually on the back of one of my sermon pages, and I write out 2 Corinthians 5.15, Jesus died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. 2 Corinthians 5.15, and then I say thank you, and I write a smiley face, and uh, I do wonder over the years. I, I try to, to, to put a really big tip, like a really big one, so to get their attention to, to read what I have to say. And so uh, I'll, I think I'll find out in heaven, hopefully, um, how many uh, were affected by that. But I, um, it's important that we all understand that when we read a verse like that, that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again, the, um, there is something that's so important when we get a charge like that, and that is to understand that uh, it's only possible through a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, be, because uh, without that, we will not be capable of, of, of living the life. It, it always grieves me whenever I am um, somewhere listening um, to a sermon or something and the pastor is exhorting people to live in a certain way without also including that there's only one way to do it, and that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Even a simple message about forgiveness. Man, if a pastor, a preacher, does not include the only way to be able to live a life of forgiveness, what's going to happen is going to be eventually discouraging to the people because they're going to have this, essentially this law on them like 2 Corinthians 5.15, you should no longer live for yourself, but for him who died and for them and rose again. When they go out that afternoon and they fall on their face, and then they fall on their face trying to do it the next day, and then they fall, it's just going to discourage them. It's so important um, that we um, are always reminding people and reminding ourselves that we need the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not satisfy the lust of your flesh. It's the only way to live a life where we're not satisfying the lust of our flesh if we're walking by the Spirit. And what does that mean? It really means minute by minute, hour by hour, just dependence, remembering, Lord, I, I am depending upon you and the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. But... The, the first thing that we need mostly is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what this um, chapter is about. I'm always so greatly moved when I read this chapter uh, 
I've taught from it many times. I, this is, oh, there's about, I don't know, three or four sermons I take with me to other places, other churches and stuff, and, and this is one of them. And so some of you have heard me teach on 2 Kings chapter 2. Uh, it was when I first went to Haiti, when the church was meeting in a living room, I gave this, I gave this sermon as well uh, there. And um, it's so important as we're, you know, thinking about surge. And some of you may have read um, this week that 10 to 15 masked gunmen showed up um, demanding a monthly payment from the orphanage uh, in order to protect them. And uh, and uh, how do you how do you how in the world do you live a life by faith under those circumstances unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit? It's impossible because you just revert to the flesh, right? So we can pray for them tonight. But um, if you go first, I, usually I don't do this on a I don't do this on a Tuesday night. But if you go first to uh, Verse 9, this chapter is about Elijah now going off the seas, or going upward, upward and onward, you could say, and uh, Elisha taking over for him. So he's going to be taken up to heaven. He does, uh, Elijah does not die. He is taken up to heaven. Uh, very interesting that in Revelation chapter 11, I will get to chapter 2 of Second Kings eventually, but many of you are familiar with Revelation chapter uh, 11 where there's two witnesses. Uh, you have the, uh, the, the people just uh, of the earth living in the flesh and then these two witnesses show up to speak against uh, the, the sin and uh, they are... Um, they are killed uh, in uh, chapter 11 and their bodies lie for three and a half days in Jerusalem but then um, after uh, the, after three and a half days they rise from the dead and it says the whole world saw, sees it now how can the whole world see it unless you have technology all around the world. So when they wrote this in Revelation 11, how, why would they ever read that the whole world saw them rise from the dead and ascend into heaven? Um, but it is widely believed that Elijah eventually does die, and it's in Revelation chapter 11. And um, he is one of the two witnesses um, that uh, die and then um, are taken back up. But... In 2 Kings chapter 2, um, he is taken up to heaven and he gives um, the, the mantle or the, what would you say, the, 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 the authority of the prophetic authority over to Elisha. So not Elijah, but Elisha. And then Elisha um, goes on and and continues the prophetic ministry, which, by the way, both Elijah and Elisha, in the natural, their ministries were a 100% failure. Um, they uh, ministered to the northern Israel, a wicked kingdom, and there was never any revival. There was never uh, any uh, re repentance on behalf of the kings. Uh, 
But in the eyes of God, it was a complete 100% success. Can you imagine God sending his two heavyweights, Elijah and Elisha, and they never succeed, at least in the natural. There's never a revival. Now in the South, there's revival after revival after revival. But Elijah and Elisha had nothing to do with that. Um, there's about eight kings in the South and some serious revivals that happened down there. But God sent Elijah and Elisha to those who were... Um, who would never repent. So it's just fascinating, the grace and mercy of God. But in verse 9, you see this, and it says, um, it says, and so it was when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elijah said, please let me have a double portion of your spirit upon me. So this is got to be one of the most audacious requests in the whole Bible. You're talking about Elijah here. You're talking about a big time heavyweight. We're talking about the guy who was next to Jesus uh, with Moses who represented all the prophets and you're going to ask for a double portion of his spirit? Well, it's, it's like James and John going to Jesus and say, can we sit on your right hand and left? Everyone's mad except for Jesus. <laughs> And, and, and here, uh, uh, the, um, it's actually granted here. Elijah doesn't rebuke Elijah. What are you talking about? A double portion of my spirit? Do you not know what's, you know? It's actually going to be granted, and, and we will see that. Verse 10 says, Elijah said to Elisha, you ask a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be be so. And so um, he's given a double portion. And if you count up his miracles, he had 16 miracles, Elisha did, to Elijah's eight. Not that we're supposed to be counting, but Elijah, there were eight miracles. Elisha had 16. He truly got a double portion um, of his spirit. But how does that come about? So all that to say, how does it come about that we get a double portion of the Spirit? How does that come about? Um, how does it come about that we get just hit with the Holy Spirit of God? I, I, I want to be very clear you know, uh, to you. I was just praying tonight, and it doesn't matter, Lord, how many people are here tonight. I want you to... I want to pray after the service for everyone to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and then just use it, because it, even if it's few or many, like Jonathan said to his armor, armor bearer, God can do a great work by few or by many. I want to, have, I, 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 I want to do that before we leave tonight, but it's important to understand the difference between receiving the Holy Spirit at the time of salvation. It does say that immediately, Titus chapter, Three, on, at the point you say, Jesus, come into my heart to be king, he comes in, you receive the Holy Spirit. However, um, the Bible does talk about in Acts chapter 2 uh, and thereafter in the book of Acts, uh, a, a, a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which can happen multiple times, by the way. And there are conditions for it. Now, any of you reading the Finney book, uh, and I, I pray eventually all of you do, it's just truly a shocking um, book to read, wonderful encouragement. 
but you will see there's other conditions to receiving sort of the baptism and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're, we're, we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about five, um, all of which are in the Finney book, by the way. But um, they're also here in 2 King chapter 2. What did Elisha do? What happened with Elisha that qualified him? And yes, I'm going to use that word, qualified him to receive this baptism, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's not for everyone. It absolutely is not for everyone. This, 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 uh, what Acts chapter 2 says, the Holy Spirit coming upon someone, distinct from the Holy Spirit coming inside of someone. Holy Spirit coming inside of someone, that's your salvation. Holy Spirit coming upon you is something altogether different. And so... There's five things, but we're going to read about them. Um, let's start in verse um, one. It says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. So they start off in this place called Gilgal. Verse two, Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. So somehow there's these schools of prophets. There's like prophet prophetic schools kind of like a Bible college or something, I guess. And, and the, Lord, the Lord had actually revealed to uh, these groups of people that Elijah was going to be taken away. So it was generally known, God had spoken, that Elijah was going to be taken away. And so they're saying to Elisha, hey, did you know that your master, this guy who's been discipling you for the last 10 years, He's going to be going away. And Elisha says, yeah, I know. Keep silent. Verse four. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets were at Jericho. Uh, They came to Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me onto the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And so they went on to the Jordan. It's verse seven. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so uh, five things you need to do if you want the fullness of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit to come upon you, a baptism. The first one is uh, very simple, and it is this. It is 
it's, it's, it's in the, it, it's in really, uh, we see it in verse two, where it says, then Elijah said to Elijah, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Listen, if you want the Holy Spirit, you have to, you, you, you have to seek it with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. You need to cry out for it. Notice how at each place that um, um, uh, uh, Elisha goes to with Elijah, that Elijah, Elijah essentially says to Elisha, look, you don't have to go on with me. Stay here. And, and Elisha is like, no way. I am not letting you go. I, I want what you have. I'm not going to leave you until I have what you leave. So a lot like Jacob wrestling with the Lord and, and um, saying to the Lord, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. If you want the Holy Spirit, you really have to have it. You really have to want it. You can't, oh yeah, yeah, I'll have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, come on. Hey, Lord, uh, that, that, that'll be a good thing. No, no, you have to seek it with, with, with laboring, with uh, uh, what the Bible calls agonizo, with agonizing, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. I want it, and I'm not going to let you go, Lord, until you give it to me. You see this in here in Second Kings chapter 2. Elisha does not let go of this guy until he gets it. And so... The first and most important thing to understand, if you want the Holy Spirit, and let me tell you, if you're going to be used by the Lord, if you're going to be fruitful, Jesus said, I didn't choose, and you didn't choose me, I chose you to bear fruit and fruit that remains. If, if the only way we can have fruit that remains and that abides is, 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 is being empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's just, a, like the song that we just said, there's just too many darts, too much satanic activity, too many demons um, going after um, uh, us, knowing that we're God's children. You need the Holy Spirit, but you've got to want it. You've got to agonize for it. You've got to plead. So that's number one. You've got re- to really, really, really want it. You've got to lay hold of the Lord until He gives it to you. Um, but then the next four things, there's a total of five, you need to go to the same cities that... Uh, that Elijah took Elisha. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. Not physically go to those cities, but each of these cities represents something really, really important in the Bible. They, something, uh, a key event happened with God and his people at each of these four places. And the first place you need to go to, if you want to have that baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have this, you, 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 you have the eagerness, you want it, you want the Holy Spirit, but you need to also be willing to go to Gilgal. Where was Gilgal? Gilgal was right on the other side of the Jordan. So the Israelites escaped from Egypt, they weren't escaped from Egypt. They were delivered from Egypt. They went into the wilderness for 40 years. They were um, on the east side of the Jordan. And then the river parted. And right on the other side of the Gilgal, uh, of the Jordan River was Gilgal. And they camped there. And what did they do there? Someone shouted out. What did they do at Gilgal? 
Shut it up. They were circumcised. The whole army of God was circumcised. Now, why they hadn't been circumcised for the, the last 40 years, where they, where they were, when they were wandering around in the desert, there's only one possible reason that they had not been circumcised because they were a disobedient and rebellious people because Abraham said, it was clear God said to Abraham, you and all your descendants be circumcised. But they hadn't, circum they hadn't been circumcised yet. And so what Gilgal represents in the Bible is repentance. Repentance. The word Gilgal means uh, to roll away. What was rolling away? Just their, their sin, their complaining spirit, their lack of living by the word of God. Their, you know, wait, it's really hard for us out of here in the wilderness. Let's stone Moses and go back to Egypt. All that rebellious spirit, they're repenting. And so to go, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit come upon you, um, you need to really want it, but you need to first go to Gilgal and be real honest with yourself. Are, have you repented? Let me tell you, being circumcised, and I say this all the time, and I really mean it, obviously, um, you know, <laughs> being circumcised as an adult is an incredibly uh, painful thing. There's no doubt about it. But repentance, which is a form of circumcision, circumcision is a type of repentance in the Bible. Let me tell you, can you be, be just as hard? When, when I had to rip certain sin out of my life along the way, I tell you, it was like ripping an arm off. But repentance is like that. You have to be willing to go to Gilgal and repent because God is not going to be able to fall upon someone by the Holy Spirit if they have a vessels filled with gunk. 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21 says, In a large house there are many vessels, some um, of uh, use for honor, some for dishonor, some of wood, some for clay. If a man cleanses himself of the latter, meaning the that the things of dishonor in themselves, he's made useful to the master, holy to the master. Because the Holy Spirit can't blow through a clogged up pipe. I always think of a, 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 a I think of us as a, a vessel, a pipe, a, a pipe that's been cleaned out. No more. We, we sin every day, of course, but we take it to the Lord. But if there's things that we're holding on to that is just whatever it is, whatever kind of sin it is, a bit. A, you know, bitterness, unforgiveness, um, just selfish ambition where we're, uh, we're worshiping a career or pornography uh, 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 or drunkenness or whatever it is, the pipe is clogged up. The Holy Spirit's not going to be able to come upon you. So you first need to go to Gilgal. Now, the second place he went to, um, we see, is Bethel. Verse 2 says, Elijah says to Elisha, stay here, please. Um, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul is, I'm not going to leave you. So they went to Bethel. Now, what happened to Bethel? In order for you to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, you need not only to go to Gilgal, where there's repentance, you need to go to Bethel. Now, what happened at Bethel? Bethel. Bethel. Yes, not it. Uh, no. <laughs> but that's a good guess. That's a really good guess. Okay, take risks. The ladder. What? what? The ladder. 
The ladder, right, exactly. Um, the ladder came down from heaven. And, and, and what were the circumstances there? The circumstances were this, that um, Jacob had uh, lied, cheated, and st- stolen from his brother and his father. First, he stole his birthright from his brother. Then he stole, he deceived his um, father. He pretended like he was Esau, who deserved the, who, because he was the oldest, was deserving of the blessing. He faked it. He put on goat skin. He worked with his mother, Rebecca. He came and deceived his father. And, and then when he found out Esau was going to kill him, he took off. You had never, you had not up to that point not seen a single thing, a single thing about Jacob talking with God, having anything to do with God, nothing like that. He was, he was just a man of his, he was just a sensual man. He just did whatever, you know, came into his own mind, whether if it, uh, in order to better himself in his life, if that meant lying, he would do it. If that meant cheating, he would do it. If that meant stealing, he would do it. And then he ran away from um, he, from 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 really the Lord, from his his um, his family and everything. And he's sitting there. And where is he? He's in the desert. He's in the middle of nowhere. There's a rock next to his head. I I, I think he's he's had a rock as his pillow. And, 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 and right there, what happens? Um, he, he goes to sleep and he has a vision from the Lord and the angels are descending, you know, ascending and descending on him. And he wakes up and he said, surely God was in this place and I did not know it. And he names it Bethel, which doesn't that mean house of God? And so the point being, if there was anyone in the world at that point who did not deserve to have be visited by God. It was who? Jacob. He didn't, uh, he, he didn't deserve it. He was a liar. He was a cheat. Even his name means a supplanter, a, 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 a deceiver. And uh, of course, God was eventually going to change his name, but uh, he didn't deserve it. But he got this visitation from the Lord. And so what, it, what does Bethel represent? One word, shout it out. Come on. Grace, 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 grace. You get in order to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, you have to understand that you are the least deserving person in the face of the earth to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Only you know the gunk that has entered into your mind. No one else knows it. And, and uh, it's, it, I, I, love, I love what Jack Krantz told us at the mentor retreat. He had described all these horrendous crimes of, of the, the people who were in the jail that he ministered to. But he says, when I, when I go into that jail with all my heart, I, I, I believe I'm, I'm the least deserving of the grace of God than any of these people, and I need God more than anyone else. If you are going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's got to be that. You've got to understand. You've got to go to, you've got to visit that place called Bethel and really understand and really uh, do some serious business with, where, with God where he will bring you to the conclusion, believe me, you don't deserve the Holy Spirit. You don't deserve to be saved. You deserve eternity in hell. To be baptized by the Holy Spirit, first you need to go to Gilgal, which represents repentance, and then you need to go to Bethel, 
just understanding that y- you don't deserve it at all. You don't deserve it at all. So that's the second place. The third place is Jericho. Verse 4 says, Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. You see that? That always has to remain. You've got to want the Holy Spirit. You gotta, you, I, I'm not letting you go, Lord, until you give me the Holy Spirit, until I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's not going to let him go. Um, um, so uh, it says there that, uh, so they, uh, they came to Jericho. And then it says, now the sons of the prophet who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will be taken away from your master today? And so he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. So what happened at Jericho? If you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, not only must you want it with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, you, I want the Holy Spirit. Lord, please, I can't do this ministry. I can't be a witness um, to Jerusalem, Judea, and the rest of the world unless... You give me the Holy Spirit like you did in Acts chapter 2. That's very important. You first got to go to Gilgal. You also got to go to Gilgal. You got to go to Bethel, the place of grace. The third place is Jericho. What what happened at Jericho? I know everyone knows that one. (laughs) The walls uh, came tumbling down. The walls came tumbling down. And so the way that I uh, the way that I see uh, Jericho. Um, it's, it's the place where um, you understand. It's, it's the place of, really, of, uh, of realization. It's the, it's the place of realization. It's the place where you realize that you are completely dependent upon the Lord to do anything um, in your life. So that's distinct from... Bethel, which is you're the least deserving, which is important. You got to go to Bethel, but um, the place of uh, the place of Jericho, um, as, as you know, that city had enormous walls. They were high and they were thick. They were imp- impenetrable, uh, and it was a forty. Uh, I think that fifty feet high were these thirty to fifty feet high were these walls and they were really, really thick. Um, And uh, 40 years earlier, when they were on the border of the promised land, Moses sent the 12 spies in and the 10 spies that came back who were filled with fear said, what? We can't, we can't, we can't do this because their fortified city. They have big walls. We can't go in there. And then there was a rebellion, and that's why they stayed there for forty years. Um, but now they're at a at, they're at a different place. Where what what happens um, when Joshua and the Israelites are before Jericho? You, you don't see them saying, "Oh, we can't do this," but we do see, we do see them saying to themselves, "God's got to do this because ain't no way we're going to be able to knock down these walls." And um, it was the, an absolute dependence on the power of God. In other words, getting to the place where, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, I didn't come with you to Corinth with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of power and the Holy Spirit. 
It's just realizing that all the gifts that God has indeed given you, he may have made you real intelligent, he may have made you strong, a persevering kind of person, even before you were saved, you may have been one of these, these people who you didn't give up, you, you saw gold, you conquered it, but you got to lay all that stuff at the altar. And he said, I may have accomplished some things in the world, Lord, but I realize now that I'm not going to get any fruit, which is the life of God in me being reproduced in the life of others, unless I'm completely, completely dependent on you. And so um, that's what Jericho is. Um, having to understand that. You can't go to God and say, God, give me the Holy Spirit, give me the Holy Spirit, give me the Holy Spirit. But then in, in the back, you know, though, I'm a really talented person. You know, I'm more intelligent. I, I, I'm charismatic. I get, I, I get a bunch of gifts. No, it, it, you, won't be, you won't get it. You won't get the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that baptism that you need for, for a life of fruit. And, and for many Christians, by the way, this takes many, many years. I mean, it took Moses 40 years on the back side of the desert. Um, notice how when Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, describes uh, Moses, Stephen said, what about Moses? He was mighty indeed and also with words. <laughs> so before he left Egypt fleeing the Pharaoh, he apparently was really good at talking and stuff. Forty years later, all he could do was stutter. Um, so he had come to the realization, he said, no, God, don't send me, don't send me, don't send me, don't send me. He had come to the realization that without God, he really, really could do nothing. So if you want the Holy Spirit, it's important that you uh, not only go um, to Gilgal, not only go to Bethel, not only go to Jericho, uh, but, but also that you go to Ger- Jericho, but there's one last one, and it's, it's the Jordan. And this is, this is the most powerful one to me. Every time I study this, it just does something to me. It really, really does something to me when I read this last one. It said um, in verse says in verse 6 of 2 Kings 2, it says, Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. The last place is the Jordan. You have to go to the Jordan. What happens at the Jordan? But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And there's no way I'm going to let you go until I get the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that's what you have to do. You want the Holy Spirit. you got to really, really, really want it. It can't be this casual thing. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll get the Holy Spirit. No, you, so you, he's not letting go here. He says, I'm going to go to the Jordan with you. So the two of them went on. They went on to the Jordan. In verse 7, it says, the 50 and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. So they're at the Jordan. So what happened at the Jordan? Well, uh, that's not the question they ask to ask here. The question to ask here is what would be happening at the Jordan? what would be happening in the future at the Jordan. The Jordan is where Jesus Christ was baptized. And we know from John chapter 16, verse 14, Jesus says to his disciples right before he went to heaven, that the the Holy Spirit, the Comforter is going to come in. What is the Holy Spirit going to do? Someone shout it out. 
He's gonna he's gonna convict the world of judgment, but what of sin and judgment? But what else? What is the role and purpose of the Holy Spirit? What does Jesus teach? What's that? Okay. 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 These are all really good answers. Glad my wife isn't here today. She'd be getting annoyed at me. To glorify Jesus Christ. And so this is a big one. You know why? Because we're obsessed with glorifying ourselves. With being, getting the admiration of man. Of building our own kingdom. Of building our own reputation. But if we really want the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and we really, we're laying hold of God, saying, I want it, I want it, I want it, and I don't let, I, I'm not going to let you go until um, I want it. If there is something in you where you, you really want it because you want to be well known, because you want to get people know what a spiritual person you are, and that's in all of us. Please don't deceive yourself. That's in all of us. But unless you get rid of that, you're not going to get that full baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have to understand. You have to come to the place where, okay, I'm done. I'm done living for myself. I'm done just trying to become a spiritual person in the eyes of other people. I'm done trying to have a big church. I'm done trying to have a good ministry. I'm done um, whatever. I, I just want you to be glorified in my life. So important. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 that the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for you to be in a church service and have tingling on your spines and, and shout out. No, and he didn't say that. He said to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. That is the purpose. And so, again, it just always just moves me so much when I read this part and, uh, and realizing that he's taking Elijah to the Jordan. He's looking forward now with Gilgal, with Bethel and Jericho. He's, he's looking behind. But the whole purpose for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. What happened at the Jordan? Jesus was baptized, and a Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came upon him as with a dove. And so, just that eagerness, that 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 wrestling with God, I want the Holy Spirit. Uh, somehow, we get a wrestle out of ourselves. The desire to have the power of the Holy Spirit so that we will be seen as spiritual people. So that we will have a reputation that other people will go, ooh, ooh, ah, uh, uh. And it's just all gonna be, Lord, just, just, just baptize me with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Just for, for your glory, not mine. Lord, I don't want to leave this world fruitless. I don't want to, um, leave this world except but through a fulfillment of your word which said 
that you chose me in order for me to bear fruit, fruit that will stick around after I'm out of this place. It's just so important. And so the five things, first, you've got to really want it. And I mean really, like wrestling really, really want the Holy Spirit. Number two, you've got to go to Gilgal where the repentance is. Number three, you got to go to um, Bethel, where you understand the principle of grace, that you're the least deserving anywhere to have it. Number, number four, you got to go to Jericho, the place where you realize that if you don't have the Holy Spirit, ain't nothing going to happen in your life. The walls are not going to come down unless God does it. No one's strong enough to beat down the walls that Satan has been put up around the world. Strongholds, demonic strongholds. Ain't gonna happen, no matter how strong you are. And then the last one, going to Jordan, that place where um, we, Jesus was baptized and, we, um, and the Holy Spirit came upon him and, and, and just remembering that, that the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the role of the Holy Spirit, among other roles that we learn in John chapter 16. And so we see in, uh, we see in verse, uh, uh, verse 9, it says, so, so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, uh, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked. And suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah was uh, went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So a little tiny little interesting note there. Elijah didn't ride a chariot. The, the, the chariot and the horsemen were to separate Elijah from Elisha. After they were separated, a whirlwind took up Elisha in, Elijah into heaven. Verse 12, Elijah saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He took up the mantle. Now, a mantle is like a robe, a sleeveless robe, um, where sort of a mantle represented a person's authority uh, or a person's position or their title. He took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And they said to him, look now, there are 50 strong men with your servants. Please let them go and search for your master, lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him and cast him upon some mountain or valley. And he said, you shall not send anyone. So they're like, okay, the, the spirit of God took him up, but he's probably 
kind of like Philip in the book of Acts. All of a sudden he's with the Ethiopian eunuch and then he's taken and all of a sudden he's in another place. They think, no, Elijah wasn't taken to heaven. He, we can find him somewhere. And Elijah's like, no, you're not going to find him. He was taken up by the Lord. And they, but they, it says in verse 17, it says, and when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, send them. Now just pause, kind of quick pause there. I do find this kind of amazing that this mighty man of God who just got a, t- a double portion of the Holy Spirit is ashamed at anything. And this just goes to show you that every human being, we, we have an issue with the approval of men, don't we? I, this guy had just gotten the double portion of the Holy Spirit and he, these, these, these other men are like, no, no, you're wrong. We're going to go find him somewhere. And it says he got ashamed. And, and all that tells me is all the more how much I need the Holy Spirit, lest I be influenced by men. Because here you have Elisha being ashamed. So he says, okay, go. Try to find Elijah. Therefore, they sent 50 men and they searched for him for three days, but did not find him. And when they... Um, and when they came back to him, for he had stayed in Jericho, he said to them, did I not say to you, do not go? Verse 19, then the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice. Okay, so that's, that, that's it. Did I, we're going to get on to a, a different story here um, at the, um, the last five or six verses uh, of, this, of this chapter where Elisha is going to start his, his miracles. And, um, and, uh, but that is the story where I believe there is just a treasure trove of scripture teaching us how it is that we go about receiving a full portion of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to end it right there. We'll start in verse 20 next time that we're uh, here. And I just like, I would just like to have a, a time of prayer now. Like I said at the, at the beginning, I just, I really felt like tonight what, what needed to happen was that we, we all need to pray and go after that full portion of the Holy Spirit just like Elisha did, just wrestling with the Lord. And so what I'd like you to do, if you can just get in groups of, of four or five, and we don't, I, I don't want the, the keyboard this week. I want Freddie or I want you to participate in this too. And I just, I want you just to put your Bibles open and just verse one says Gilgal, verse two says Bethel, verse three says um, Jericho, and verse six says Jordan, the Jordan, and everything that they represent. And I just, I, I think what I, I think the best way to do this now. Why don't we do this? Is just first of all, just 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 pray to the Lord, pray out to the Lord individually, directly to God before you pray for each other. So I, I want two phases of prayer here. The first pray, phase of prayer, I want you just to pray for yourself, Lord. I just give everything to you. Repentance, I give everything to you. Uh, there's th- that I know of, Lord. There's no unclean thing in me. I just let it go. Um, the, I, I'm not holding on to any unclean thing. I'm letting it go now. I repent. But then also the idea with, um, 
with, with Bethel, Lord, I, I know I don't deserve it. I know my track record. I know even my thought life over the last 24 hours, I deserve to go to hell for all eternity. I know that, Lord. And I also know, just like Jericho, that, Lord, uh, th th there's strongholds out there in my family. There's strongholds out there in, in, in ministry. There's strongholds out there. I, they're like the walls of Jericho. And unless I get the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to... I'm not going to get any of that, Lord. And then finally, it, 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 the Jordan, Lord, is to glorify you. And so it's just spend some time just praying directly, you and the Lord, out loud with each other in little groups of whatever, three, four, five. But then move on to just pray for each other for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just put your just, just, say, just put your hands on uh, on each other and just say, Lord, I just pray for Mary to Silva, Lord. You heard her the utterance of her mouth. You heard her pray right now. She's been to uh, she's been to Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. Would you fill her with the Holy Spirit? Can we do that? Could we do that for the last? Is it is it eight fifteen? What what's the time? Could we just do that? And, and because we need it. I don't know about you, but I need it. I need this. I need the Holy Spirit. Uh, everywhere I go, there's the, the, the devil is attacking, and, and I need to, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So let me close briefly in prayer, and let's break up, and let's do that. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus, just thanking you for this word. Lord, I'm moved. Every time I'm in 2 Kings 2, I'm moved, Lord. I'm moved, Lord with what to me is a blatantly obvious message of what a man, what a woman needs, Lord, to be full, filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord. And, and, and Lord, I, I, I dare say that we're not there yet, Lord, but, but I just pray that tonight, I pray that you would get us there to these places and that you would fill every man and woman in this room with the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.